And good morning once again. A beautiful Wednesday morning here at the Christian Underground News Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. Uh, today, we uh, are going to be doing what we normally do. We're going to face some of today's headlines, but we're going to do it without fear. And we are going to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, through power, love, and of a sound mind. Uh, we are, have been looking forward to this broadcast today uh, in particular. Uh, we are going to be uh, discussing and, and observing uh, the fact that the foundations of our nation are, trying to, are being eroded away. And even more importantly, even more importantly, the very foundations of our faith are being attacked from every side. And these are things that we need to discuss. These are things that we need to delve into and, and uh, investigate. Uh, we need to, to get to the root of the problem, and that's what we intend to, to help you do today. And we hope that, uh, that this is an edifying and educational and uh, glorifying thing to God as we as we do this uh pastor how are you this morning uh, i'm getting older and uglier but i hear that happens to everybody i i can vouch for the fact that you're getting older and uglier uh <laughs> as well as well as myself uh but regardless uh it, it's good to know that uh as a as a good soldier of christ uh no matter no matter what the obstacles are that, that you're ready. You're ready at all times, and I, I appreciate you, and I love you for that. Uh, okay. today's, today's focus is going to be Psalm 11, verse 3, which says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Uh, obviously, we are living in a time where uh, the very foundations of our nation and of our faith are being whittled away. They're being uh, eaten away by uh, the disease of heresy and apostasy and sin. And uh, I, I, I don't want to sound too harsh here. However, uh, I, I believe that, and I think you'll agree with me here, uh, I believe that uh, much of the blame uh, lies at the foot of the pulpits of, of many churches today. I believe that uh, that the church, uh, the, this contemporary modern or postmodern church, uh, has failed in in many many regards, uh, and we're going to discuss some of that today. Uh, if you could get us started off uh, as to why this is occurring, uh, we certainly would appreciate it. Go ahead, Pastor. Thanks, Kurt. Um, and, uh, son, I love you and uh, appreciate what you're doing here uh, to the glory of God. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Let's go to the uh, Psalm, chapter 11, verse 3. And uh, uh, if you're listening today uh, and you have a Bible in front of you, um, you may want to read that whole Psalm. As a matter of fact, Psalm 10, 11, and 12 will tell you about all of the nastiness that uh, King David was going through and had gone through and and uh, also what to do about it. Right. And so if, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's kind of a rhetorical question. The answer to that is really nothing. Right, yeah. So, yep, and, and as I speak to you, I'm, I'm speaking to, to you from my home in East Peoria, Illinois, and it's a nice home. Um, uh, God has graciously provided it. And it's, uh, the house is 45 years old, and it's still in really good shape um, because it's built on good foundation. Amen. Yep. If no one ever, as far as I know, anybody that has a half a brain in their, in their head, ever builds anything that doesn't have, first, a firm foundation. I, I keep thinking of the song that we sing, or the hymn that we sing, How Firm a Foundation. 
right. and uh, I'm and I I like to sing that loudly and lustily and uh, and and I really really believe it because it's in the Word of God. Yes, and so now we're going to be as scriptural as possible. I'll be reading a lot of scriptures because I don't want you to believe anything because Curtis and I say it. I want you to believe the Word of God, and so we want to get as much of the Word of God into this hour or so time as we possibly can. Absolutely. Uh, Curtis, you remember years ago when I was going to Hiles Anderson College, and this is not a commercial, but I was going (laughs) to Hiles Anderson College, and you were going to a a, a Christian academy there in Sherville, Indiana. Yes, sir, I remember it well. remember that, and you remember the church services there in Hammond, Indiana, that often had as many as five to 6,000 people in the auditorium mm-hmm. and not even counting That's right. the Sunday school classes. But, you know, there were 120 Sunday school bus routes. And it was growing and it was going. Uh, so a Bible-believing, soul-winning church like there never has been. Right. And the pastor was Dr. Jack Hiles at that time. He is now with the Lord. But you remember, as I do, uh, having heard Jack Hiles say from the pulpit and in chapel services at the college and at the high school, you remember him saying this, everything rises and falls upon leadership. I certainly do remember that. And that is the foundation of the Church of Jesus Christ. Now, we're doing this because I related a story to you uh, some time ago, about, it happened about two years ago, uh, I was in the uh, foyer of, a, of our local church, and uh, I had, we just finished listening to uh, a wonderful pastor by the name of Dr. J.B. Hickson. Maybe some of you have heard of him, uh, a great uh, Bible teacher. Uh, this young lady came up to me, a young married lady. She and her husband were, were uh, faithful tenders, and they just loved the study of the Word of God. And she came to me after the service, caught me in the foyer, and said, Dick, have you read Jeremiah chapter 23? And she said it with a furrow in her brow, and I said, oh, yes, yes. Kristen, I've read it, and I said, you talking about the one that starts out, woe be to the pastors. Mm -hmm. And she said, yes. And it sent me back to the Word of God to study Jeremiah 23, and I'm writing a an article, and that's why you and I are talking about it. I'm writing an article. I've finished it, but I've got to do some changes to it uh, to enhance it a little bit better. It's entitled The Great Perversion, and it's referring to what happened in Israel before they went into captivity. And that's that's the setting for what we're going to talk about. We'll also be in Ezekiel chapter 22, which was written about Israel during their 70-year captivity, which Jeremiah prophesied in the 25th chapter of Jeremiah. And so when I told you about this great perversion, you said, let's do this. That's, oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but before we go to the Old Testament, I, I want to tell you something. There are a lot of people in churches today that don't spend much time in the Old Testament because the New Testament is for the church. Mm. And so I want to, uh, I don't want to scold you for that, but uh, you're, you're right to a certain degree, but the whole Word of God is for the Church of Jesus Christ Absolutely today. Absolutely correct. That's okay. So now when we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, um, uh, Paul is relating what happened to the Jews in the wilderness. And he, he talks out, starts out with verse 1 saying, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the, and in the sea and, and did eat the same spiritual meat, did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were... Uh, overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things, and here's what I want you to understand. Now, these things were our examples. Right, right. Now, now he's writing this to the church at Corinth, Uh, a a rather nasty church, by the way. These things are written, uh, uh, were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye 
idolaters as they as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. By the way, you can read about that in Exodus chapter 32. Now verse 8, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. You can read about that in Numbers chapter 25. Mm -hmm. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. And you can read that in Numbers chapter 2, about the six, first six verses. And then he says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Then in verse 11, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, he said, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, oh. upon whom the ends of the world are come. Oh boy. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, mm -hmm. lest he fall. Wow. And so, Paul is referring to the things that happened to Israel. And this is all Old Testament. But these things were written for our examples today, upon whom the ends of the world are come. And we're closer to the end today than we were yesterday, and it's getting closer and closer. And so we'd better take heed to some of the things that have happened, especially to Israel, because they were that happened to us for to them for an example for us. By the way, Israel is God's elect nation. Isaiah uh, says it twice in, in the first several chapters. So let's go to Jeremiah chapter 23, and we'll. Right, and I'll give you time to get there. Jeremiah chapter 23. Absolutely. I alliterate everything when I teach uh, with my outlines. You're not going to get the, the total outline here, but we're going to get in as much as we can uh, while we can. And uh, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 1 starts out with this. Woe be unto the pastors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you hear that? The yeah. leaders. That's right. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Uh -oh. Wow. Uh-oh. And so that gives you the tone of this whole chapter uh, of Jeremiah 23. In, in the first two verses, it's a woe unto the pastors. And why, why were the... Why, Let's read verse 2. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. If you're a pastor and you're listening, or if you're a person who loves his pastor, you may want to direct him to this, to this passage to be careful. Let's let's fast forward to um, in chapter uh, 23 of the book of Jeremiah to verse 11. Mm -hmm. It says, "For both the past, both the prophet and the priest are profane." Look at all those p words. Not only the pastors, but the prophets and the priests, those who were intermediators between the people and God. Both the prophet and the priest are profane. Mm. Yea, in my in my house, wow. I have found their wickedness, saith the Lord. People in the Church of Jesus Christ, if you attend church regularly, good for you. But I want you to know something: that most of this stuff that's happening in the world today started with the decline, the profanity, the yeah. perversion. Yeah. of the church yeah whether we like it or not both prophet and priest are profane in my in my house have i found their wickedness saith the lord isn't that amazing listen mm -hmm. let's continue wherefore their way shall be unto them as slippery ways in darkness they shall be driven on and fall therein for i will bring evil upon them even the year of their visitation saith the lord and I have and I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal and caused my people Israel to err. I have seen also the prophets 
You know, some of these this this occurs. The prophets of Jerusalem, a horrible thing. They commit adultery, walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evil doers, and none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom, and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah, which were destroyed by a terrible holocaust boy, because boy, boy. of their wickedness. Yeah. Now, though this was happening. Uh, in Israel, before Israel went into 70 years of captivity. Now, I've mentioned that in Jeremiah 25. Uh, it was mentioned, and this is, by the way, the the, uh, the penalty for uh, all this stuff that we're going to talk about was they went into 70 years of captivity in Babylon. So keep that in your mind. Uh, verse 15 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, and he says in verse 16, they speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. Mm. You see, they're not teaching the word of God. Right. Now let's stop there for just a minute, Curtis, if we can. Sure. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Mm-hmm. Early on, the book of Genesis tells us what the first attempt to destroy a foundation was in Genesis chapter 3 in the garden. That's right. Eve looked at the tree and she saw that it was something to make her wise and Satan had already told her that you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Mm -hmm. And she said we're not to eat of it lest we die and she misquoted God. Yeah, she sure did. Satan got the quote right, and then he denied the truth of God's word. He mm-hmm. said, thou shall not surely, surely die. Mm-hmm. die. Yep. And we read throughout the scriptures, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Wherefore, is by one man sinner in the world, and death by sin, and so death is passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The very first foundation that is being destroyed that ever since the Garden of Eden is the Word of God. Absolutely correct. Now, how are we doing that today? Now, I understand. I teach and preach and read and study and uh, from uh, the King James Version simply because I think it's the best. Simply because it's got a 400, almost 410 years now of reliability. Mm-hmm. But as I speak to you right now, and as of, well, uh, the, the year was 1994, when John Morris wrote in his appendix of his Defender Study Bible why he uh, sticks to the King James Version. He said he's tried others, he tried others, but there was none that were as good as this. And he said, and, and the problem is that even as he was writing that, there are right now 200 English versions of the New Testament mm. in publication at that time, and there have been more since. Yeah. Yeah. If you'll read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, it, it, it says, God is not the author of confusion. And brethren, let me tell you, when you have that many different English versions of the New Testament, it can lead only to confusion. What should we believe? What should we believe? Amen. Yeah. Yep. Shortly after that, shortly after that, uh, that uh, happened with me at uh, with that young lady saying, "Have you read uh, Jeremiah 23?" I, I was going to, uh, excuse me, shortly before that, I was going to a Baptist church which I loved and I had a great pastor. He was a wonderful pastor, and sadly he left. Uh, and kind of re- semi-retired. But anyway, this young couple came to me. Now, this couple, had, both of them had, had master's degrees, and they were in management in different, uh, in different to one of them in the medical um, uh, world, and, and, the, and the woman was, in, was a, a supervisor in another capacity uh, at another company, and she, they came to me and they said, Dick, what, sh- what should we believe? I mean, I, we hear so many different versions. What version shall we go with? I said, what, what version do you like? 
And they said, well, we like the King James. And I said, I said, you've picked one that's correct, and you stick with it. Right. Not, not long after that, I was sitting in a Sunday night service where a different version from the King James Version was being read. Across the aisle from me, there was a preteen girl. Uh, she was sitting with her grand, grandma and grandpa, and she heard it being spoken, and she had her King James Bible. It didn't say the same thing. And she said, Grandma, which one is right? <laughs> yeah. So you see what's happening? Yeah. If Satan can erode the foundation of the Word of God, he will win. Mm-hmm. And that's why you and I are doing this. Correct. Correct. You know, this puts me in mind of, of uh, something that, that I wrote back in 2012. Uh, I wrote a book uh, called, entitled, uh, The Judas Epidemic. Uh, and the subtitle was Exposing the Betrayal of the Christian Faith in Church and Government. Uh, there you go. And it, it, I put something in this book that, that I had come across while I was researching this very subject we're talking about, Pastor. Uh, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of Christians may be under the impression that, that uh, this is a, uh, an abnormality or, or uh, a, a phase that, we're, that the church is going through all of a sudden. Now, this is some sort of new problem. Uh, you know, we're reading Jeremiah 23, Ezekiel 22, and and that should that should tell us that it's obvious that this is not uh, something that's happening all of a sudden. This has been happening. Satan has been trying to to decimate and destroy the very foundations of of the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's been going on for for eons. Uh, so it's not something that's happening all of a sudden. But it is something that, that we have allowed to happen in, in our churches. Uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, uh, I think uh, a very famous name in, in uh, the evangelistic circle, uh, printed uh, an article a long time ago, uh, back in the 1800s, uh, that I think is very appropriate to what we're talking about. I'd like to read a little bit of it if it's okay. Uh, it, it, this, is, this particular article that he wrote uh, is still published. It's still in a tract, a uh, modern contemporary tract published by um, the Fundamental Evangelistic Association in Los Osos, California. Uh, yeah. and, and the title of this article was Feeding Sheep or Amusing Goats. And it, yeah, and it goes like this. Uh, he starts out uh, saying, uh, "As evil is in the professed camp of the Lord, so gross in its impudence that the most short-sighted can hardly fail to notice it." During the past few years, it has developed at an abnormal rate, even for the evil. Now, bear in mind uh, that that this was penned uh, in the 1800s. Spurgeon goes on and says it has worked like leaven until the whole lump ferments. The devil has seldom done a cleverer thing than hinting to the church that part of her mission is to provide entertainment for the people with a view to winning them. From speaking out as the Puritans did, the church has gradually toned down her testimony, then winked at and excused the frivolities of the day. Then she tolerated them in her borders, and now she has adopted them under the plea of reaching the masses. Does that sound familiar, Pastor? Oh, brother, does it? We went into it all the time. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you, quite a bit older than you. Uh, I'm, I'm in my 81st year, and I've been to some of the best, biggest, Churches, fundamental churches in America, mm -hmm. and and you were there with me. Um, but um, uh, one of them now used to average about three thousand, thirty-five hundred a Sunday, mm -hmm. and that church was in Pontiac, Michigan. And it was pastored by Dr. Tom Malone, a great man of God, a graduate of Bob Jones University. Uh, do you 
that that church does not even exist anymore. Yes, yeah, that's sad. Very sad. And you know, and you know why? Why? They they began to entertain rather than to educate, edify, and encourage from the Word of God. Oh yes, oh yes, they paid lip service to the Word of God. <laughs> but folks. If you ask people today, why do you go to XYZ uh, Bible Church or Baptist Church? The, the most prominent answer, I guess, is, well, we like the music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's happening. It is. And, it's and happening. If you'll allow me here, I, I'd like to, to, to read the, set of the second paragraph in this letter by Spurgeon. Uh, Please do. He says, my first contention is that providing amusement for the people is nowhere spoken of in the scriptures as a function of the church. Amen. If it is Dr. a Spurgeon, yeah. yep. And he says, if it is a Christian work, why did Christ not speak of it? Go ye into all the world and speak the gospel to every creature. That is clear enough. So it would have been if he had added, uh, quote, and provide amusement for those who do not relish the gospel. But no such words, however, are to be found. It did not seem to occur to Jesus. And then again, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry. Uh, That's right. Where do entertainers come in? The Holy Spirit is silent concerning them. Were the prophets persecuted because they amused the people or because they refused? The concert has no honor roll. Again, providing amusement is in direct antagonism to the teaching and life of Christ and all his apostles. What was the attitude of the church to the world? Ye are the salt, not the sugar candy. Something the world will spit out, not swallow. Short and sharp was the utterance, let the dead bury the dead. He was in awful earnestness. I mean, pastor, this is what's happening in many of our churches. The focus is totally off of what it should be. Yeah, and, 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 and may I just say this, Curtis? I, I don't want to make, make this a commercial thing. But I, of course, have your book, The Judas Epidemic. Matter of fact, I think I wrote the, uh, the afterword, didn't I? You did. You and, did indeed. Thank uh, you. Okay. And, and many of my friends and family have that book because I thought it was important to them uh, as believers and to their churches to which they belong. But I'm going to tell you something, Curtis. The amusement factor has taken over. Oh, the it, entertainment. Oh, it has. The entertainment industry is in our church. There is almost not any churches anymore that do not have a trap set of drums, uh, an, an electric bass, uh, two electric guitars, a tambourine, um, and maybe a trumpet or two. Uh, and then, and then they, you get a half an hour of music, and maybe four, and maybe twenty minutes of of uh, preaching. If you're lucky, you get twenty minutes of preaching. There are some contemporary churches out there that have placed so much emphasis on entertainment that they even have dance troops for Sunday for for a Sunday morning service. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow. The problem is that that we're trying to make it too attractive to unbelievers. Too attractive. Yeah. I, yeah I, the thing is that we've forgotten that it's the book, not the ballet. That's that right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like to alliterate, so you can use that if you like later on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I don't want to make a, you know, be to, to snicker about these things. These things are actually happening. They're actually happening. And the Bible tells us plainly. Uh, now, Jeremiah was, and by the way, let me just say again, if you can find a place on the Internet or a bookstore that has the Judas Epidemic by Curtis A. Chamberlain, get it. Boy, that was okay. a 
That was that was a, a shameless plug, but thank you, Pastor. I appreciate that. Uh, well, I am shameless about it. I'm I am proud of it. I am proud of it. Yeah, thank you. I was proud to have had a part in it. Yeah. Okay, let's continue with with Jeremiah. He said, um, uh, he said, uh, let's let's go to verse uh, fifteen of chapter twenty-three. Thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets: Behold, I will feed them with wormwood; I will make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Verse 16, it said they speak a vision of their own heart, not out of the mouth of the Lord. Uh, let's go quickly down to uh, uh, verse 21. Uh, Jeremiah writes under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I have not sent these prophets, mm. yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Mm -hmm. Verse 23, God says, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? And he says, you know, you're making God afar off. You're not, you're not making me uh, uh, the, uh, the initiator and the most important uh, uh, person uh, in the world. That's right. Um, That's right. Yep. Verse 25, I have heard what the prophets said, that the, the prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. And do you know how many charismatics do that to this day? Yeah. It's awful. It's, it's terrible mm -hmm. uh, how they had a special revelation from God. The special revelation from God is, is from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Oh, amen to that. All right. In verse 26 of Jeremiah 20, how long shall this be? in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies. Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart. Oh, boy. Verse, verse 30, he said, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words from everyone his neighbor. Oh, boy. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say, he saith. They're prophesying prophets. They're saying things that God didn't say. Yep. God, they're, yep. they're, they're prophesying their own dreams. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and it goes on. Verse 36, it says, that, um, um, Thus shall ye say everyone to his... Verse 35. Thus shall ye say everyone to his neighbor and everyone to his brother, What saith the Lord? What hath the Lord answered? What hath the Lord spoken? And, and the burden of the Lord shall ye mention no more. You see, they were saying that the word of the Lord was a burden to the people. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, For ye have perverted the words of the living God. Wow. Wow. He says, to, to, to close it, he said, uh, he says, uh, verse 38, Jeremiah 30, says, But since you say the burden of the Lord, therefore thus saith the Lord, because you say this word, the burden of the Lord, and I have said unto you, saying, You shall not say the burden of the Lord. Therefore, behold, I, even I, will utterly forget you. Wow. Oh boy! And that's what I—that's what I want to say to pastors who are liberal and, and who um, probably are not even saved. He said, "I will, I will utterly forget you. I will forget you and the city that I gave you and your fathers, and cast you out of my presence. And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you, and a perpetual shame, perpetual shame, which shall not be forgotten." Oh my goodness. Now, these things were written for our admonition, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Um, and, and this is written before the Jews went into captivity. And that, that was their penalty to them because of what the pastors, the prophets, the priests, and eventually the people began to do. Wow. And he said into them, in, uh, in uh, Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 11, he says, you're going to go into 70 years of captivity. And sure enough, they did. They went into captivity to, to the, the Babylonians conquered them. Matter of fact, Daniel, the prophet, wrote and spoke during the captivity. Yep. While, the, while the Jews were captive to the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar heard the word of the Lord from uh, from Daniel, God bless him, the man who stood firm, Amen. and uh, and he he stayed on the foundation. But during this captivity, uh, this is this is amazing. Uh, look at 
Ezekiel 22, and I'll give you time to, to turn there. And then I think probably we need to close because uh, my voice is going. I'm having such a good time, I can hardly stand it. <laughs> okay. Ezekiel 22 starts out, says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Now, thou son of man, wilt thou judge? Wilt thou judge the bloody city? Yea, thou shalt show her all her abominations. So that was Ezekiel's job. And what were some of their, some of their abominations? In verse 3 it says, Then say thou, Thus saith the Lord God, The city sheddeth blood in the midst of it. And and her, and that her time may come, uh, and maketh idols against herself to decide, defile herself. Listen, they were going to idol worship. Now let's go down to verse six of, of uh, Ezekiel twenty. Behold, the princes of Israel, every one were in thee to their power to shed blood. In thee have they set light by father and mother, and and the midst of thee and they have dealt. Uh, by oppression with the stranger. In thee they have vexed the fatherless and the widow. Thou hast despised my holy things and hast profaned my Sabbaths. And he, and, and he goes on to say in verse 10, In thee they have discovered their father's nakedness. In thee have they humbled her that was set apart for pollution. And so the, the, the princes, the, the, the leaders, the people that, that ruled, the people underneath, uh, the uh, emperor Nebuchadnezzar, uh, they they were they had gone bad. Let's let's go quickly to uh, uh, Ezekiel twenty two verse twenty six. Her priests have violated my law hmm. and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they shown difference between the unclean and the clean. And I have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. In other words, uh, they were spitting on the doctrine of sanctification, mm -hmm. just to be honest with you. Yeah. Put no difference between the clean and the unclean. Right. Verse 27, her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. Let's water down the word of God. Oh uh, let's have the, let's put a band in instead of instead of uh, reading the book. Let's do that so that the offerings keep coming in. Mm. Whoops. Am I stepping on some toes? Whoops. Yeah. I I mean to because this is what the word of God is saying. Pastor, uh, what what what's the biggest danger to our church is not doing things the way they're supposed to be doing. What is, why is it such a focus of God in, in, in his holy word that we pay attention to doctrine? What's the biggest danger in not doing it properly? Um, two, two things. First of all, uh, if, if there are people that are saved, and there are people who, who don't have the proper doctrine yet, right? who are saved because they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. Yes. But they're going to uh, denominational um, circuses, mm. if I may use the word. Right. Churches that are part of the denominational circus. They're, they're, they're sending in the clowns. Uh -huh. they're, they're amusing. They're entertaining. Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing it for ill-gotten gains. Uh, and they don't care about your souls. They care about um, the, uh, the sack that they're carrying, which Judas carried, remember? He oh, carried yeah. the bag. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what he was worried about. And if that was that's part of, uh, of um, betraying the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I would, it's I would amazing. at this point, I'd like to interject. Uh, so, something that I've come across during research. Um, I don't know if many of you have heard of the Barna Group, B-A-R-N-A, -A, uh, but uh, this is a group that, an evangelistic uh, ministry that has done Christian polling uh, over the course of probably the last, I, I think, 25 to 30 years. Yes. Uh, they, they came out recently with a 2020 survey that says more than half of American adults, including 30% of evangelicals, uh, say that Jesus is not God. But most agree he was a great teacher. 
What? 30% 30 of evangelicals say that Jesus isn't God? That he was just a great teacher? Yeah. Curtis, I used to like being called an evangelical. I would like to punch somebody in the face that calls me that now. I mean, I won't. Well, I understand. But, you know, it angers me. I am a fundamentalist. I am a dispensationalist. I am a Bible believer. I am a teacher of the Word of God and driven by the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what I want to be. And that's what we ought to... That's that's how... You know, I'm old-fashioned now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what does he know? He's an old man. But, but I know because I believe the word of God. By the way, being a fundamentalist doesn't mean you're a legalist. No. Some of them are, and I don't like that. Yeah. But the point of the matter is, the fu- if the foundations be destroyed, mm-hmm. and I want to use the word fundamentals, although I won't change the word of God, but the fundamentals are the foundation <laughs> of our faith. Absolutely. Now, when you put when you call the word of God a burden, yeah, yeah, folks, when there are two hundred English versions of the New Testament in print, and you're putting wood on the fire of confusion, that's right. I don't, I don't want to be in your camp. Yeah, I really don't. Now, let me read one verse, or verse from Ezekiel. And this, this is the one that saddens me the most, Curtis. He said, I, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand, stand in the in gap the before me yeah. for the land, yep. that I should not destroy it. Yeah. But I found none. Yeah. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this podcast, this isn't being done generally throughout our nation. Ezekiel 22 ends up with this verse. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. And if you wonder why all these, quote, peaceful protests, all this burning of stores, uh, all this uh, uh, parading and and, uh, cursing against the government uh, of our nation and killing people and destroying property um, and and, and this hatefulness, if you wonder why that is, hey, you might just think maybe this is part of the judgment of God on us. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, Pastor, if if you see any contemporary parallels to what was happening in Ezekiel 22 and Jeremiah 23. Uh, you know, in, in Jeremiah 23, uh, the Israelites were, and, th- and these are examples, examples, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Uh, yes, they are. But in Jeremiah 23, I, I believe that the Israelites were, had not been in captivity yet. Is that, yep. that that's correct. Uh, but yeah. they, and they were being warned. Okay, they were being warned. Uh, come yep. back, come back to the basics, folks. Okay, yep. let you you know what's right and what's wrong. All right, you've been told, and uh, if you fail to do it, what could happen? Well, captivity could happen. Uh, our, our our society today, this country especially, uh, right now. Uh, we're moving away as fast as we can from the fundamentals of our faith. And, and, and we are in danger of becoming captive to something that, uh, to a movement that is uh, diametrically opposed to everything we believe in. Could we be going, could we be in danger of moving into captivity? that's coming and I've said it before and I don't like being political I want to be biblical but uh, this is absolutely the case we're, we're going to have probably for the next four years in our country a socialistic government and socialism folks whether anybody likes it or not is simply a euphemism for communism yep. and you said it in our last podcast uh, 
the Communist Manifesto will be become our will become our um, constitution. Yeah, I, people, I, I think we're in great, I think we're in great danger of, yes, of going are. into that kind of captivity. And make no yeah. mistake, make no mistake, uh, socialism, in and of itself, its very nature makes the masses captive to totalitarian rule. Secularism. Yep. Okay. Curtis, I think I've wrapped up pretty much what I want to say and what we ought to say. And and I thank you for the opportunity that you've given to me and for the 500 or so people that have already hit on your uh, pod site. I want uh, I want to say thank you so much. And, and get the word out, please. That's, uh, that's, I, want close, I want to close with this. There is, folks, a solution to all this salaciousness. Mm-hmm. There is. And you'll find it uh, written by, of course, the Holy Spirit of God by the hand of, of uh, David. Mm-hmm. If you'll turn to Psalm chapter 12, it says this. And I'll try to read the whole psalm quickly. Help, Lord. Now, in this day and age, those two words are probably most important words you'll ever utter. Boy, that's for sure. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. They speak vanity, every one with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, hallelujah, Mm -hmm. and the tongue that speaketh proud things, who have said, with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our, our, our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. So don't worry, uh, believer. Don't, don't worry, uh, biblicist. Don't worry, fundamentalist. Don't worry. But you still got to get the word out. And here's the why. Psalm 12, verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Seven is the number of completions. Mm -hmm. Then he says, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. We have this Bible, this Word of God, and I think we have the best version of it in the King James Version. You may argue with me, but, you know, don't don't argue with God, please. Now, just, just for further uh, encouragement, the 8th verse says, The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Hooray! Pastor, uh, thank you for for uh, being a part of this podcast. I, I, I want to thank you uh, for for what you've agreed to do here, and and uh, I think it is a uh, a critical ministry, uh, and uh, I, I'm proud to have you be a part of it. Uh, I also want to interject here, I, uh, like you said earlier, not making anything a, a, a commercial aspect at, at all. But I, I want to let everybody know that who's listening and who enjoy this podcast, uh, I want you to let to let you know that that uh, I'm examining some other platforms uh, that that we might be able to use uh, to disseminate the gospel as we're doing now. Uh, part of that ministry would be to uh, make make some some uh, writings available. Uh, my book and pastor you you've also written some some beautiful beautiful uh seven and eight and nine and ten page handbooks uh, that i would like to make available to the to the general public uh, and so i'm looking at platforms where we'll be able to uh, to do that uh I've, I've got in front of me a couple of them that you've written uh, you've written one called so speak uh, also, uh, I believe this is a series that you've written. Also, uh, I've got one here called So Run. Yep. And um, Teaching Grace. Yep. Um, 
one called Hope, and and boy, we're in <laughs> we're in definite need of, of, of more of that right now. And, and you've written some more. Uh, I think nine in total, if if I'm not correct. If you, could you name them for me, please? Well, I can name you some of them. One of them is called "Full of Grace and Truth," and that's two articles in in one booklet. One is uh, uh, "Grace All Over the Place." That's oh, the title of one. Yes, I love and the that other one. one is, yeah, and the other one is called "What Is Truth." That's what Pilate asked the Lord Jesus Christ. And yeah. So we go with "What Is Truth." There's one called "The Word of God Is," and then I go through a list of things that the Word of God is. And there's yeah, some other ones. So walk. So work. Uh, uh, I'm working on a tenth one called uh, So Forgive. And by the way, I think you'll have in your hand shortly one entitled The Will of God. Right. So how do we know the will of God? That sort of thing. And so I'm working on one called So Forgive. And then after that, another one called So Stand. And um, we're going to try and make them available at as an affordable thing and, and before we quit this I want uh, our people to know uh, I'm not doing this for fame or fortune I'm 80 years old I'm, I'm too old to attain either one of those two things uh, and, uh, so that's not why I write I write because a believer a friend of mine said please start writing these things and I have so we're trying to make them available and uh, and Curtis will keep you informed about that absolutely and, uh, uh, as as soon as I find uh, the, the proper platform for it, uh, we'll be able to do it, and we'll, uh, this will be uh, a blessing uh, to many. Uh, we, we, we pray that, that uh, this ministry will, is a blessing and will become a blessing to, to far, far more uh, people. Uh, okay. So if you enjoy this podcast and continue to tune in, we're grateful and, and we're humbled that you do so. Uh, and we pray that you'll continue to do so and spread the word, spread the word. If you feel uh, that the information you're getting on this podcast is something that, that's, that's critically important, uh, uh, you, you also know that it, it's directly from the word of God and no other source, uh, spread the word. Let's get the information out there and we need your help. Okay? Okay. I think that'll wrap us up for today, Pastor. Thank you so much. Uh, thank, you for the, thank you for the privilege. And my, it's my pleasure. It's my honor. Uh, okay. So I want to remind everybody to, to be with us again next Wednesday. Uh, yeah. And we are going to, I, I know you and I will have some conversations during the week, Pastor, to plan for that. Uh, yep. So be sure and tune in next week. I don't know exactly what the subject matter is going to be. We, we kind of go with how the Spirit leads us here, and, and, uh, and we, we're going to continue to do it that way. Uh, All right. We love you. We thank you for being with us. Tune in next week on Wednesday, and we will be praying for you. Thank you so thank much. You. And also be praying for us, please. Okay. All right. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.